Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello again. My name is Miles with Wildman Web Solutions. This is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A to the world where me and my team answer any and all your questions about technology, marketing, business, advertising, or anything else you want to ask us about. We are here to answer your questions. Uh, real quick, Wildman Web Solutions. Wildman Web Solutions is a digital marketing marketing agency, if I can talk this morning, a digital marketing agency based here in Lawrence, Kansas. We serve small and medium-sized businesses, helping them to leverage technology to grow and achieve their business goals. This is the age of technology, the age of information, and there's no better way to grow your business than through that technology. Uh, so you know, we do websites, mobile apps, digital marketing, design, search, um, and through offering all of those services to our community, we ran across a lot of the same questions, a lot of the same unknowns, misconceptions, myths. So about a year ago, we started this live stream, streaming to our Facebook, YouTube, and now Twitch account every week, Wednesdays at 11, to answer any and all questions put to us, put some of those myths to rest, um, and hopefully just get some good information, good resources out there. On top of this show, we do offer a pile of other resources back on our website at wildmanweb, or at, um, yeah, wildmanweb.com. Put that here below me. Uh, you can head over there and go under the resources drop down. We've got a very extensive blog section uh, where we do write articles on all of these subjects, explaining everything from a pretty high level, try not to go too technical into everything, but you know, on a level that would be helpful for a business owner. We've also got some free tools and softwares um, and other tips and tricks there. So go to wildmanweb.com and check out that resources section for more information. Without any further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring in my partner, Mike, to help us answer some questions from the audience here. So if you've got some questions while we're getting started, please throw those questions in the comments below or email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address scrolling below me in that crawler. And here is Mike, there we go. Hello, Hello Mike. Hello, Miles. What How are you doing the... over there? Oh, I am fantastic. I'm yeah, just, I see uh, you've got that uh, fishing rod behind you. It's oh, just the season, I guess. Yeah, I guess that did that. that, that made the show. The <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, fish are biting. Well, look, this this uh, cold front, you know, knocked it down a little bit, but they're still they're still out there for the taking. And uh, yeah, just trying not to uh, get dizzy watching the uh, the crypto market go up and down this morning, Miles. But other than that, I am doing fantastic, and uh, just ready to. Hopefully answer some questions, have some good things to talk about today, Miles. I don't know. We got stuff to talk about, I hope. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I've got some updates. I know you have a couple of things on your side, but as I said before, we'll also be taking questions live from viewers here. So um, if you are watching this live, again, we're on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and Twitch account right now. 
Um, so, you know, pick your poison there and watch. Uh, throw your questions in the comments below and we'll hit those as they come in. And if you're not watching this live, you're catching this later, then you can still jump in on that action by emailing us. I've got that email address scrolling below me here. Ask wildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll get to you next week as we do this every week, Wednesdays at 11. All right, so I've got a couple updates here. I know you do as well. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started on the first one here while we're waiting for the questions to come pouring into the comments section. The first one here is actually related to um, an article that we just put up on the website, or I just put up at the beginning of May, um, and that is referencing Google's big update. They've been teasing this for a long time. Uh, about a year ago is when they initially announced this particular update, and they are rolling it out this month. That's uh, May 2021 for anyone watching this in the, uh, in the archives. But this is their page experience update. Basically, what this means is that Google is going, well, Google and presumably other search uh, Search providers are going to be doing the same thing here in the near future. But as of right now, Google is going to be updating their algorithm to be highly prioritizing page experience or user experience. I guess I should define user experience real quick. User experience, or you'll see it uh, abbreviated as UX, is how an actual human user interacts with your website. Whether you know it or not, you've been on websites that have great UX and ones that have terrible UX. If you've ever been on a website and you weren't sure where to go, or you knew that there was a resource on there, but you just couldn't figure out how to find it, couldn't figure out how to do something on that site, that is due to poor user interface and user experience design. A website with a good experience um, is sort of intuitive. Uh, when you land there, you know where to go. Everything is kind of where it seems like it should be. Everything there makes sense, and it does what you want it to do. You are able to go to that website, do what you want to do, and leave without any frustration or additional friction. So in order to figure out which sites have good user experience and which ones don't, Google is going to start measuring some signals, I think is what they're calling it. So they're going to keep in place some signals that they've always been looking at, um, you know, things like, is your website mobile friendly? Do you have a, an SSL certificate? That's where you get the HTTPS in front of your website. This is a fun one. They call intrusive interstitial guidelines. So this is basically pop-ups. It's things that are intrusive to the, um, to the experience of the website. So it's going to jump in and interrupt a user's experience, or they have to click through something or close out of something in order to engage with your website. There are some pop-ups and some sort of minorly intrusive things that don't really count for this. For example, if you go to our website, we do have a pop-up on there to have you sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for a newsletter, by the way. Um, but it just sort of pops up in the bottom corner. It doesn't actually block anything. It doesn't keep you from interacting with the website. You can keep going through the website and interacting with 100% of our content without closing out that window or interacting with it in any way. So that doesn't technically count um, as sort of intrusive material. However, you've seen a lot of websites where you have to click out of a pop-up, you have to do something in order to push this thing away and interact with it. So that's what they're talking about there. But they're also going to be taking into account what they're calling web vitals, Google's web vitals. Um, that's taking into account your, uh, your loading speed, but not just the basic speed of of your website, they're going to be look, uh, looking at 
I forget what they're calling it here, but basically the load time to interactivity. How long does someone have to wait before they can actually do something on your website, before a link is clickable, before your navigation is there? So that load time to interactivity is going to be another metric, um, as well as visual stability. So this is where, I don't know if you've ever been on a website and maybe they have pop-ups or ads going in there and it starts shifting around the site or bits or pieces start moving around as you're using the site. It can be very frustrating if you try to click on something and right before you do, that button jumps out of the way, or as you're reading through something, the text keeps jumping up and down. Those kinds of things are what they're calling visual stability. And they're gonna start really prioritizing all of these items in their all-encompassing term of page experience, where they're really just trying to analyze a user's experience on your website through these signals. So if you are someone out there that has a website and search is important to you, which hopefully is everyone watching this, if you've listened to any of these episodes of Ask Wildman and heard any of my SEO rants, you know that this is an important factor. Um, there are a couple of things that you can do to uh, sort of get the jump on this and start looking at how your site stacks up using these, uh, these new statistics statistics here. You can look at the core web vitals report within Google Search Console. If you're not already leveraging Google Search Console, do it. It's a free resource put out by the people that make the world's leading search engine. Why wouldn't you be on that? So first of all, get yourself set up on Google Search Console. It's a really good intro introductory tool to um, you know, getting yourself search optimized, getting yourself showing up in the proper searches. Uh, but they have a core web vitals report there. And I'll put links to all of this in the in the comments here for anyone who wants to check this all out. Um, you just put your website in there, it runs everything and lets you know how you're doing. So that's a really good way to start. And it'll actually give you tips and tricks on how to improve each one of the points on uh, on which you may have some room for improvement. The other tool you can look at is the PageSpeed Insights tool. Um, this is Google's page speed tool. It's, it's not my favorite page speed tool in general. And if I'm really looking to optimize performance of the site, I'm probably going to be looking at some other tools here, but for looking at the particular signals that Google is looking at in this user experience update, there's nothing better because it's really built on the insights that they pull out of this page page speed tool. So go ahead, go to the page speed insights tool by Google, put in your website, run it through there and see what comes back. Again, it will give you tips and tricks on everything there where you can use some improvement um, and how to go about doing those things. Some of it gets a little bit technical. So if you do see something, you don't know what it is, reach out to your web developer, to your local uh, digital agency like us, we'd be happy to uh, run an audit on your site or answer any questions that might come up there and help you out with it. Um, but again, we did actually write, I, I wrote a very quick article about this that basically just goes over everything that I just said here, defines uh, a page experience, um, and then gives you all those tools and links out to those things. So I'll go ahead and put that in the comments here in case anyone wants to check that out. Um, and wants to run those reports on their website. Um, so you guys can go ahead and do that yourself. And then again, reach out to us with any questions. We are more than happy to help, but I don't see this going anywhere. This emphasis on user experience on a website is only going to get uh, bigger. It's only gonna crawl more to the forefront of search engine optimization. Um, so make sure you're staying ahead of this. Um, 
hopefully you've already been looking at some of this stuff. Hopefully you've been listening to some of my tips this previous year. Uh, as we knew this was coming, we'd already been working on some of our sites and some of our technologies to make sure we were ready for this. But if you haven't looked into this already, use those tools, um, figure out where you are, and then uh, start working towards this because this kind of analysis, a website analysis is not going anywhere. All right, so that's my, uh, my tips and tricks on the Google page experience update. I'm gonna grab this link and throw it in the comments um, while Mike stalls for me here. Mike, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, search, page experience, Google updates? Sure thing, Miles. Fishing. Yeah, great stuff. I would, love, <laughs> I would love to talk about some fishing. Yeah, if I, if I have to dive off of here for a minute, that because, that's because I, I need to uh, make a trade in one of my crypto wallets on my and so, <laughs> but let me stall for you for a minute, Miles, because I may need you to return the favor here. I, I came across a really interesting stat yesterday as I was doing some research about, you know, customers uh, or just, you know, uh, shoppers, um, buyers, opinions on websites and how it influenced buying decisions. And this came from a 2019 study. So it, it was a, a really broad study and, and fa fairly recent. And it found that 81% of people have a negative outlook or feel less, you know, uh, positive about a brand if their website is up is not up to date. If it is outdated, if it is slow in either way, in any way, if it is not user friendly, if it does not have a good UX experience, that is an eight out of ten times that is an automatic. I just don't like you that much anymore. And so it's a really, really big deal. And I think that's something that. You know, I'm really glad you brought this up today because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough of just how much of initial reaction that is when somebody goes to your website and how much of a turnoff it is when it's not easy to use. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, the metaphor of, of uh, making your customer jump through hoops all the time and just, you know, eliminate the hoops. And this is maybe one of the biggest things out there. This is maybe one of the biggest hoop centers, if you will, <laughs> in any business structure is their website. Uh, you know, so many times we find things even on uh, on fairly, you know, well-built sites and, and things that are, uh, you know, not complete crap, but, you know, they have uh, miles and miles of rooms for improvement in terms of making it a user-friendly experience and removing some of those hoops for people to jump through in order to give them money easier. So, it is such an important topic, and I think a lot of times when people think about UX, they just think about um, design kind of in the, you know, the artistic sense, and, and they don't really relate it to the way that somebody feels about your brand and then whether or not they engage with your brand. And that's really the most, you know, that's the bottom line, right? And that, that's what, what else is the point of having a website? So, you know, so yeah. it's, it's not just making it look pretty, you know, is what I'm trying to say is this is actually a very functional part of the sales process that you cannot overlook and you really need to do your due diligence on. Absolutely. And I think that uh, you kind of, you went exactly in the right direction there, which is, you know, Google has always been looking and other search engines have always been looking at some basic statistics about all websites when they're trying to rank them in their search algorithms. But basically, they want to provide the best answer they possibly can. Their market value is completely and totally dependent on them providing good answers to the questions posed to them by their user base. If I ask where the nearest best pizza place is to me and they feed me some place from Chicago, 
that's not helpful to me. Um, or if they give me somewhere that has, you know, terrible reviews or, you know, people really don't like this, or maybe not even a pizza place, they start, uh, you know, displaying coffee shops or something, then I'm going to stop using that tool. They want to answer questions as, as well as they possibly can. Um, and so they're looking to find sites out there, um, organizations, businesses through their websites, um, and, and display the most relevant information to their users. One thing that they haven't really been able to measure up until this point has been that experience. Um, you know, maybe they have all the right keywords on that website. Maybe they have all the reviews, they have all their listings in order and everything. But then once a user goes to that website, it doesn't make any sense. It's glitchy. It's jumping around all over the place. People can't use it. And so it's just frustrating everyone that goes there. That means that I, as the search engine, I don't really want to recommend that to people. I don't want my answers to frustrate them. Mm -hmm. And so this is sort of the next logical step. It's trying to find those pitfalls that you were just describing there. These just weird points of friction and hoop jumping that are just needless. And, you know, it's not something that I, as a search engine would want to promote. Uh, so Google's really trying to answer that question, this thing that is so far been out of their reach. Um, there really haven't been a lot of good numbers for them to throw into their algorithms to figure out what sites have good experiences and which ones don't. And this is their flagship attempt at trying to figure that out. Um, and all of the hints that they've been dropping out there have been that they're going to make this a fairly major drive. Uh, they're not just going to start weighing this in their search algorithms. They've been talking about throwing um, display icons out there in search. So there's a potential, and I don't know how this is going to work. No one knows how this is going to work, um, that when you search for something, there's going to be new piece of information on the actual search page. There's going to be a nice little icon, a Google check mark there next to it saying, this site has good user experience. Hmm. Prior to this point, you'd have to actually click on the site and go, oh, God, this is horrible, and back off, and then go to the next one and go, oh, this right. is terrible, and back off, go to the next one, oh, this one's nice, this one's doing what I want it to do. Now, without even going to the website, you're going to have that little indicator there telling you this site's good, this site's bad. So even if you do manage to rank over someone, there's another uh, piece of information there in front of the user allowing them to make a more educated decision based on these uh, measurements that are designed to measure user experience, to gauge user experience. So, you know, there could be some sites out there that are perfectly good, but their, you know, their load time isn't great, or maybe they have some ads on there that aren't placed very well and are moving stuff around the site, some little thing like that. And they're going to get this thumbs down from Google saying, this site does not work well. It's not passing our user experience guidelines. We're going to stop ranking it, and we're going to recommend people don't even go to it in the first place. That's something that's a little bit new. Instead of just not ranking something, they're going to tell people not even to click on the link and figure it out for themselves. And I don't know how that's going to impact people's traffic, um, their bounce rates, their basically all of their traffic data could mm -hmm. be affected by something like that that's displayed on the front end of the search engine before anyone even yeah. clicks on a site. That's wild. That is really big, really big. Um, yeah, so again, this is all kind of 
guesswork at this point. It's educated guesswork, but they haven't put a lot of this out yet, and they haven't uh, been answering a lot of questions about it beyond their basic press uh, reports that I've put up on the website um, and written articles about over the last couple of months. Um, so we'll see how this all works out, but there's definitely been some interesting hints dropped out there about how this is all going to manifest itself. Um, but, you know, think about what I, I guess we were talking about this last week, the, um, or maybe I was just writing about this. I don't know. All of it blurs together, but the, um, SSL certificate, mm -hmm. um, we've talked about this on the show before I know, but it's just a digital signature on your website saying, I am who I say I am. And it gives you that HTTPS extension on the, on the site. And then on some browsers, I think like two years ago, Chrome made this update where they're putting a little, uh, padlock icon on websites that have that SSL. And then ones that don't have that SSL, there's a big red exclamation point. There's a red unlocked padlock icon. It literally says in red letters, this site is not secure or something like mm -hmm. that, where it's not actually affecting the functionality of your website or anything. But again, it's adding that sort of display icon to users that makes them not trust this. Can you imagine putting your credit card number into a website that literally says this site is not secure in big red letters across the top? <laughs> no, thanks. No, neither, <laughs> neither can I. That's absurd. Even though right before that update, you know, people were going ahead and doing that. There was no reason for them to think this wasn't secure. And honestly, it could even be a perfectly secure transaction on that website, depending on how they have it set up. Um, but these little indicators from search engines and from browsers can really change how people interact with websites. So you got to stay on top of this stuff. You got to know what's coming down the coming down the pike here. Um, so even though, like, even if your website isn't a piece of crap, like Mike said, if you put a lot of work into it and you've done a lot of great things on there, but you miss one of these things, that could take the that could just sweep your legs out right from underneath you. Mm. So we're going to be putting out some information about this. We're already prepping and have been prepping our sites for this update uh, to make sure that we're we're hitting all of those uh, those bullet points that I've gone over here. I did write a really quick, it's really only like three paragraphs, article on this stuff. It's, it's really just to explain what user experience is and then give you links to those tools. So um, I've linked that in the comments here. Go ahead and check it out and then start running those tools on your website and uh, see how you perform. I think that's that's the number one thing for anyone to do out there if you are not a search engine op, uh, optimizer or analyst or something like that this is going to be the quickest easiest way to figure out where you stand um, or like i said talk to your talk to your tech guy talk to your web developer talk to your local um, digital agency like us um, and have them do an audit lots of people will just do a free audit um, and you know let you know where you're at so that's, that's probably going to be a good first step for you here is that's launching this month. All right. So that was my, my big update over here. If you guys need me to go into a little bit more depth here, uh, if you have any questions or anything, please throw those in the comments. I'll gladly take a deeper dive on any of those elements. Um, or if you have any other questions, uh, please throw those in the comments below. You can also email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and visit wildmanweb.com for more resources and articles like this one. All right. I'm going to toss it over to... Mike in the news desk. Did you have any other updates on your side that you wanted to hit? I know I kind of stole um, your thunder with that update. It's not usually my role no, here. No, that's fine. Uh, you did agree to great with that, Miles. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff here um, on the news desk we can sort through 
and discuss. Um, if we don't have any questions coming in, Miles, I'll just uh, start jumping into stuff here. Not yet. Let's All see. right. Go ahead. Okay. Well, actually, let me start with let me start with this because this this kind of uh, well now I gotta I gotta find where I put it, Miles. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with me. All right. This is coming from uh, Nielsen. Of course, everybody is probably familiar with Nielsen ratings. They do the ratings for television, uh, radio, and they do really, really deep and well-done studies um, across just media usage of all kinds, you know, digital, traditional, uh, et cetera. And so they came out with um, their latest research recently, and this is usually something that you, you have to pay for. We were able to finagle uh, some of it, though, and so if, you, if anybody wants to deep do a deep dive if there's something you're curious about uh, that we don't talk about here because I'm just going to talk about one specific thing from a very, very big report. Uh, feel free to DM us. Happy to hop on a call and discuss whatever you're interested in. But we talk a lot about uh, attention on the show and just in marketing and advertising together. And we've talked about on the show before the, the old uh, rule of three, the frequency of three, and the fact that on average, it usually takes six or seven times uh, for an offer to be Put in front of somebody or you know for a company to ask essentially somebody to buy something before they actually do it and i've made the offhand you know comments and observations several times that both of these numbers that we frequently use in marketing and advertising come from studies that were at this you know at this point decades old and you know with everything that has shifted in terms of media in terms of the fact that how we consume things that you know all of this data is probably a lot uh, has, has matured a lot more than than we you know give credence to so we're probably really underestimating it you know the other thing that gets thrown out there a lot is the 5,000 ad images a day right well that comes from a study uh, i believe in like the early 90s or maybe the late 80s you know where the average person throughout the day will see 5,000 different brand images or hear it or somehow absorb it even on a subliminal level. Well, that was before the internet, you know? So obviously we see thousands and thousands and thousands of more images a day. But the one in particular that Nielsen did in their study uh, had to do with the number of times somebody sees something before they per make a purchase. And yes, it did, it did multiply. Uh, it even more than doubled miles and it's now 16 to 18 times. That's how many touch points that you need with a product and service on average in front of somebody before they decide to take action. So keep that in mind, you know, out there as we are, so we're putting together a marketing plan as we're um, executing our advertising campaigns that, you know, that you, you, you really need frequency. And I've mentioned this before, actually, I mentioned it to a client a couple of weeks ago and they thought, uh, what, what do you mean? When I said, uh, reach is the most overrated metric in marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I really believe it's true. I really believe that it's, it's more about what you say and how many times you say it and the way that you say it and how you're saying it and how it's contextualized to the audience than the size of the audience itself. Um, and the other interesting stat miles that came out uh, from that had to do with attention span that the average, American attention span is now just eight seconds. So again, think about that when you're uh, positioning your messaging, when you're talking to your audience that, you know, you really need to get things across clearly, concisely, uh, and, and repeat them many, many times in order to cut through all that clutter out there, all of the other noise uh, that is happening 
um, it, within the ecosystem of, of media and just the way that we're absorbing information these days. There's just so much more of it. Um, and so really, really interesting. And, um, and they, of course, did uh, attribute some of this to the pandemic and just, you know, how everybody was stuck inside for so long, um, consuming a lot more content, you know, not traveling, all these things. And uh, it has definitely made a difference in the way that we are reacting to content information and marketing messages. So some really interesting stuff there from Nielsen. Miles, do you have anything uh, to add to that? If not, I'll just keep rolling with the headlines here. Oh, so many things. Yeah, I want to ex- I want to expand on on a couple of things there. But first, I just want to say like we've been monitoring a lot of these um, these stats and these trends over the last year. Um, as they've obviously really impacted our industry in the digital space. And I'm really, really curious to see how these trends behave in the long term. Because I'm really not interested in trends month to month. That really doesn't tell me anything about how the world works. Trends year to year um, and these longer form trends, I think, are, are really interesting to see where the market is moving. I don't think that we're becoming any less technology dependent or any less digital of a society, certainly not after this year, but I'm really interested to see how some of these trends behave in the in the long run here mm-hmm. um, and how much we can actually attribute to the pandemic and how much, you know, maybe was already natural growth, things that were already going to happen, you know, and how much was just, you know, we were already moving in this direction. Now we just sort of accelerated a little bit. So maybe we're a couple years ahead, but we're already going this way. So I'd, I'd be really interested to see that breakdown here in a couple of years to see, you know, how we actually impacted our our movement and our growth in the long run. But I did want to hit on those two main stats there. Basically, you were saying, I guess the second one there was we've got some real short attention spans, eight seconds on average. And then the, what was that first one that you pulled up? Oh, the number of times that it takes you right. to basically yeah. have a touch point with somebody, you know, basically that they know about or see or hear about your product or service. Yeah, so I think that um, I just want to add something a little bit more actionable onto those two points and because I think both of them kind of have the same answer. And that is something that we've been really emphasizing here over the last couple of months, content marketing. I think content marketing mm-hmm. is the answer to both of those trends um, and is actually going to provide a little bit of pushback to that second one. When you are trying to get in front of someone that many times, the last thing you want to do is hit them over the head with a buying message 14 times a day. Like that is, that's never going to work. It's not, hey, buy my stuff. Hey, buy my stuff. Hey, buy my stuff. No, you've got to find a different way of getting your brand in front of someone that is less intrusive. That ties into what I was talking about earlier. Fits in a little bit more smoothly into their natural um, content I don't know, their, their, their natural content diet per day, I guess, is what I'm going to call it. Um, it's what they're actually taking in, what they want to be watching, and then you just sort of slide in there. And the way that brands can really do that effectively is through content marketing, by creating something that their audience is actually interested in looking at, and then, oh, hey, by the way, here's my logo on the bottom, or here's a little citation to the, uh, to the brand or to a product that we use, just to get that in your head that, hey, we're here, we offer mm-hmm. this but also here's this entertaining thing on the side. So I think content marketing is going to be the quickest, or not the quickest, the easiest way, the most effective way to to get to that point of repeating yourself and engaging with your audience enough times to get to that yes, to get to that conversion, to get them to move to that next stage in the buying funnel. Um, And then on the attention side of things, I think that 
maybe our initial attention span is really short. Um, we've got eight seconds. I think that's actually probably a bit high for people scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook, whatever it sure, is. That, you know, that was scroll. just, that was just, yeah, not, that was not on a platform. That was just attention in general. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so when we are looking at people where we can reach them, which is online, which is in search, which is on social media, then I think that number is probably a little bit high, but it's just for that initial grab. Once you get someone to stop, there's actually been some really interesting statistics coming out about the growth of long form content. You know, some mm -hmm. of the most popular, most popularly consumed content in the world is incredibly long form podcasts. Uh, that's been a huge industry growing over the last couple of years to the point where, you know, the, the top 10 on Apple, on the uh, iTunes charts are all hour long, two hours long, four hour long shows that people are really getting into and listening to. And that's not the only trend. There's been a number of trends of people having these really uh, being very, very interested in long form conversations and getting into that. Sure. So yeah. I think well, well, the answer on both of these is content marketing, put out something interesting. Keep in mind, you've only got a quick second there for that initial grab, but then make sure you have the depth as well to keep them around, to get that repetition and don't shy away from making long form content. The last thing I want someone to do when they hear that second stat of short attention span is put out a bunch of quick fast food like content pieces that are five seconds a piece and are just worthless past the initial three seconds in order to grab someone's attention. I, I agree with you, Miles. Uh, let me just let me unpack that just a little bit. OK, all right. So. Yes. You know, it, I, I think, again, I think it's and not or, you know, and I think, you know, the maybe the maybe not the right answer because there's no, no really wrong answers or anything you said wrong there. But maybe the the best approach here or, you know, the best practice we could we, we could say is that, you know, OK, yeah, go ahead and do your long form content, but make sure that in the you front load it. You know, make sure that you front load it at the very beginning. And so if somebody only watches the first eight seconds, they can still have a meaningful takeaway, you know. And, and so I think that, you know, when we're talking about marketing now, and I'm not talking about, you know, artistic, you know, movie making or anything. Believe me, I love a good, long, open, you know, opening tracking shot at the beginning of a, of a, of a movie, just like everybody else. Okay. Um, but uh, Brian De Palma, what a, what a guy. But okay. Okay. Uh, but you know you, you have to yeah it's so it's it's both of these things at once it's you're absolutely correct that people have a shorter attention span but once you get them into your content they can actually stay there a long time and they prefer more and more and more and more content you mentioned podcasting which i think is a great example the most popular show joe rogan it's three hours freaking long right but if you look at the way he markets his show Right. It's let me take the most action packed, you know, the, the best part and put that right up front. And so even if you're just scrolling, you know, and you see a clip, it's not some, oh, let me like tell this long winding story and build it up to a crescendo. Right. That's not how they're positioning it. When you listen to the show, it can be like that, you know, <laughs> or like they're talking about something for an hour before they actually get to the point of like, you know, the thing that they were going to discuss. So. So it's, it's, and, and we have to, you know, keep that in mind. And, and, and then the other great example, I think of, of your point there is Netflix, you know, which, which is the, you know, the, the most, most popular watched um, 
platform right now other than YouTube. And uh, the most popular shows on Netflix tend to be the longer shows. And then even the long, even the short shows, how do people consume those? They binge watch it, right? So they, they stack up, you know, a whole day's worth of a show, and then they will sit down and they will consume it all at once, right? So a very kind of interesting, you know, economy is even a right word, you know, there in, in how humans are interacting with content. That on one end of the spectrum, it's very, very quick, you know, get out and get out because there's so much stuff, you know, happening all the time. But if you can actually get me to jump, you know, the Mary Poppins, you know, kind of <laughs> reference here, you know, if you can get me to jump into the painting with you, <laughs> I'm going to be in the painting and I'm going to walk around and I'm going to be there for a while. Right. But, but it's, it's getting me to take that jump. And so that's why when we're marketing something that's long form, we still have to think, I think, in that front-loaded way of let me make sure that I'm, I'm really getting my point across and I'm really bringing value uh, to the end consumer so they want to jump into that painting with me and, and, and go to the deep end, so to speak. So uh, yeah, really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, that was my, my feedback on that. I mm -hmm. just wanted to tie that back into something a little bit more um, you know, tangible for, for people. Those are some interesting stats yeah. on their own, but the answer to both of them, I think, is... To be smart about what you do, of course, everything we're saying here is an and, not an or. Um, and obviously, the right answer here is going to be the one that you're going to be best at. You're going to be able to execute the best here. So, you know, take our our tips here with a grain of salt. There, of course, but content marketing is something that will allow you to hack both of those trends and get a lot of really awesome, it, it, awesome attention and engagement out out of yeah. your uh, out of your effort. True, true. And you can also, you know, hack with content, so to speak, in a, in a more, you know, interruptive, traditional marketing way, if you just make enough content, you know, and so going back to the 16 to 18 times and your point about, mm -hmm. I can't just say 16 times in a row, hey, buy my stuff, right? I have to position it differently. So even if I'm doing a traditional you know, and maybe television is a bad example, but Facebook for sure. Okay, let's call it, you know, a Facebook ad campaign. The cost of creating content is so inexpensive at this point that I'm able to make 16 different types of a contextualized message, you know, that basically say buy my content and not, and not ever saying, you know, buy my, or buy my product through my content and, and deliver that same kind of message wrapped in a different way time and time again so it doesn't get what we call ad fatigue where you know if it's just the same thing over and over again people stop listening or you know they stop watching or you know whatever the medium is and it doesn't sink in anymore and so that that was a great point too okay let's keep it moving though there's a lot of news to get to okay youtube all right we just mentioned youtube a moment ago and they have some very interesting stuff coming out of the pipeline uh, that was announced yesterday First of all, Miles, did you know that YouTube reaches more 18 to 49 year olds than all cable TV networks combined? Let me say that one more I time. I did not know that all, specific number, but I can't say that I'm at all surprised. Combined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, cable networks? Are those, are those still a thing? Holy smokes. I mean, you know, and you may think, yeah, 18 to 25, sure, but 18 to 49, that is a huge, huge demographic of american consumers and uh, they now uh, youtube now represents 40 percent of watch time 
among among ad supported streamers. So they are really the heavyweight champion of the world at this point, and they've outlined a couple of new uh, features um, that I think were really interesting. One of them is called brand extensions. And basically this lets viewers request that an ad send a URL to their smartphone or a second screen to learn more about the company or a product. In an announcement on Tuesday, YouTube said that brand extensions are the first of many interactive TV features coming down the pipe. The platform will also soon allow advertisers to integrate browsable product images in direct response video ads to drive more direct sales on their apps and websites. Whoa. So <laughs> YouTube already, um, YouTube ads already a complete beast uh, in terms of, you know, direct response advertising and, and generating um, ROI and conversions. But this is going to take it to a whole new level, Miles. And so uh, YouTube, the parent company of Google, who we were talking about at the opening, you know, adding another feature um, like you like you were talking about, you know, uh, with the search side of things, but with YouTube, uh, where it's going to be much more front facing for the advertisers in order to be able to have engagement. You know, it's not going to be, oh, I need to send somebody off of the platform, you know, send them to a landing page, send them to a website, whatever, have them fill out a form, and then I can get their phone number and talk to them. No, this can be, they can request it right there and boom, you're in their, their SMS. So pretty, pretty, pretty amazing stuff uh, coming out from YouTube who again, worth repeating, has more 18 to 49 year old viewerships than all cable news network or cable channels combined. Woo. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty massive viewership there at YouTube. And I do wanna add a couple of things on that. Um, as you said there, maybe some people aren't, aren't aware. I'm always surprised at the number of people that don't realize that YouTube um, and Google are, are one and the same. They're both uh, technically owned by the same, uh, they're both owned by Apple, or not Apple, oh my God, Alphabet Inc. Right. Oh, if Al Apple gotten on all that, that would be, that would be <laughs> some scary stuff. Yeah, uh, no, Alphabet Inc. owns Google and YouTube. So these two things have been commingling for a long time. They're getting closer and closer. So we're starting to see some of the advertising functionality, kind of some things that we had been seeing on the Google display ad sort of uh, side of things being pushed over to YouTube and uh, pre-roll functionality getting pushed over into uh, into Google. Um, and those search algorithms are also starting to commingle. So obviously Google is the biggest search engine in the world. YouTube is the biggest video-based search engine in the world, even prior, uh, even before they were acquired by Alphabet and Google here. Um, and so getting yourself up on YouTube and starting to produce content there, um, not even talking about ads, but just starting to produce YouTube content can be a, a really interesting backdoor into um, search optimization and getting yourself to show up in searches now that those two things are really commingling a lot. Um, doing really well on YouTube is a really great way to do well on Google and vice versa, mm -hmm. since those two things are so tightly connected now. And again, I don't see that going any other direction anytime soon. Those two are going to get closer and closer and, until they're com almost completely overlapping here. 
And then on the ad side of things, yeah, those things are powerful. I don't have the uh, stats right in front of me, but the um, the return that you get on YouTube pre-roll ads, the kind of engagement that you can get on a good YouTube pre-roll ad is fantastic. Yep. And it's surprisingly a decent place for some of that uh, longer form content. I can't tell you the number of times where I have accidentally watched like 10 minutes of an advertisement, not realizing I was watching an ad because I was on YouTube. Um, and something you know really interesting came on and it was relevant to what I was trying to watch in the first place and it just popped up and started playing and here I am it, 10 minutes into listening to uh, an advertisement for a company that I was previously completely and totally unaware of. So it can be a really um, a really interesting place to inject your marketing efforts and to to start producing um, producing content and getting it in front of a new audience. Yes, indeed. We love some YouTube ads. Uh, and, you know, of course, a big thing, too, that YouTube has going for it right now is it's connected TV, um, you know, that you can, you know, most people now, you know, they have some sort of a smart television and can watch YouTube just right on their television screen, just like they would on their phone, tablet or um, or desktop. Okay, cool. So moving right along here, let's talk about another giant that is getting uh, even more deep into the media space. And I'm talking about Amazon. And Amazon, headline, Amazon Quartz brand dollars as ad-supported OTT offerings hit 120 million monthly viewers. OTT, uh, of course, being uh, streaming platforms, and so uh, they own uh, Amazon, that is, uh, which just launched IMB, IMDB TV. They also own Twitch, and they have their hand in live sports and networks and broadcast apps available via its Fire TV portal, which now reaches 121, or excuse me, 120 million monthly active viewers. Miles, yours truly is one of those. I have a Fire uh, TV sitting uh, not far from me here. But Miles, here's where it gets really interesting. And <laughs> I'm going to have to toot my own horn a little bit, Miles, because I may have called this one <laughs> a while back. As part of the pitch to advertisers and media buyers, Amazon highlighted how other offerings, such as its Alexa voice assistant and Fire TV remotes, can engage an over-the-top, that's what OTT stands for, audience in ways linear channels can't including through interactive shopping capabilities. Boom. One segment featured a working mom watching a TV ad for Heinz ketchup and deciding to order the condiment through an Alexa voice command, which immediately put the product in her cart for checkout. So just and to clarify here, I'm sitting here watching TV. <laughs> There's an ad. I say, hey, Alexa, get me that. And one shows up on my doorstep the next day. You got it, Miles. And so that is some uh, that's some OP stuff right there. Yes, and considering 120 million people are on this platform, that is a whole lot of potential purchasing power. Uh, and we talked about I think it was last week or the week before maybe about how now Amazon um, has opened up its platform and, and its database to its advertisers, and so they can advertise directly to um, to Amazon subscribers and users. Um, and so, yeah, you put those two things together with um, the OTT, OTT platform, and that is a whole big deal coming down the pipeline, uh, which, you know, it's already here. So very, very interesting stuff there, Miles. 
Yeah, Amazon getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it's a really interesting platform. There's some really smart people over there doing some just some brilliant stuff. I yes. mean, love and them or hate them, those guys are brilliant. Yes, and just to pick up this and this, this was a headline from last week, just uh, tying on the point about their ad sales. Their ad sales have soared 77% as marketers target online <laughs> shoppers. So it oh, is man. working for them over there <laughs> at Amazon. Uh, another big giant out there that is uh, making some waves with their ad revenue is, of course, our good friends that we are broadcasting uh, via right now or to right now over at Facebook. Uh, ad revenue surges 46% as marketer demands lift prices. Uh, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, just as an offhand comment, you know, that we've been seeing in our own agency that prices uh, were pretty much, you know, steadily going up. Uh, so far in 2021, they did in this report acknowledge that they'll probably come back down uh, due to some of the, uh, the iOS update issues that are now coming down the pipe, which we went extensively through last week. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back and watch that. And as I said last week, I think that this could be a good opportunity uh, for a lot of us when these prices do come down, that we'll be able to then get you know a better return on ad spend. So uh, that will be hopefully some something we will be reporting uh, later on in the year that those prices have now dipped back down. And then one other piece I had on the media giant front here, Miles, Verizon made a little bit of news is they have sold the majority of its digital media business. They have basically, I think, tipped their cap to, uh, to Google and Apple and Facebook and said, yeah, you guys won, uh, we're getting out. And, uh, and maybe not a lot of people remember this, but uh, they uh, several years ago purchased a stake in Yahoo, AOL, TechCrunch, and a bunch of other, um, which were at that point, you know, kind of big deals um, in the tech space that have quickly gone by the wayside. You remember America Online, Miles? Were you, were you, were you an America Online member? I mean, that's how we, that's how we experienced most of the internet. Uh, you know, back in the day, but uh, not so much anymore. That one, I wish that I had a, pan out. A, a soundboard where I could hit that uh, <laughs> the old connect to the internet sound, the crazy robot oh, yeah. screaming at you. Um, love that sound. Yeah, we really, we really need a soundboard in here. That would really, that would up we, the we do. entertainment we do. factor here. Miles, that, that is a big need. I agree. We need some sound effects happening on this show. Anna, let's, let's make that happen. Okay. Uh, uh, he has enough to do. Okay. I'll, I guess I can help. Um, all right. So let's get, I, I, I'm going to wrap up the news here, Miles, with something fun. Um, I, don't know right. how we, I don't know how we got off on NFTs at the end of last week's show. <laughs> I really don't know either, but it was kind of an interesting talk. So I'm I happy we did. I think it's probably because it's, I have. I it's have only grown the, since the we talked about market. it. Uh, I'm screened up here as we do the show. And so my mind just goes to there. But um, there was some marketing news around NFTs that I wanted to share with you guys. So today is Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. And Don Julio, great uh, tequila. I don't drink, I don't, I don't really drink hard alcohol anymore at all. But when I do drink tequila, I prefer Don Julio. It's good stuff. Uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo with beverage vouchers and an NFT. So they have jumped into the NFT space 
uh, for Cinco de Mayo, they're auctioning off uh, their NFT, and they're and this is part of a broader effort um, to do some, uh, so, you know, some charity-based marketing, and to invest uh, back into some specific uh, charities, um, like for the restaurant industry and some other hospitality-based organizations that are helping out. You know, what was arguably maybe, if not the hardest hit, you know, sector, one of the hardest hit sectors uh, by all the, the lockdowns and the pandemic. And I thought that was an interesting positioning, you know, if you will, because of course, uh, you know, a lot of Don Julio gets sold at restaurants and bars. And so uh, that was a way for them to align themselves with those people who sell their products. So um, some really good uh, brand imaging and, and just some fun, you know, pop culture stuff there from, Don Julio, and then also General Mills is jumping into the NFT game. General Mills, not a, uh, a small company by any means, and they are uh, using that to promote the return of the chocolate Dunkaroos, Miles. So you can uh, get excited about buying some chocolate Dunkaroos by um, putting in your auction bid on an NFT from General Mills. And that's going to round out, I think, the, uh, the digital news that we have uh, from the news desk miles so i'll send it back to you to uh, wrap up the show awesome well some some good stuff in there um and yeah we're seeing a lot of really really big brands jumping on these bandwagons and you know leveraging the newest technology and platforms to get their content out there in front of users it's definitely the the way of the future um it's going to be less intrusive more content plays um you know like we've been saying forever you've got to look at your company primarily as a media company and then whatever else you do is secondary that is the way that you market in 2021 those big brands are, are you know on full display there doing exactly what we're talking about um but you know we are here to hopefully allow smaller businesses to jump on some of those as well um, answer some questions on those and help you to leverage some of these uh, these really cool trends and technologies to grow your business as well. So um, if there's anything here that you thought was interesting um, or that you'd like us to dive into more, please email us, askwildmanatwildmanweb.com, and we'll get to those things next week. I did want to add in just a uh, minor screen share here. If you haven't checked out our website already, this is wildmanweb.com. We've got a lot of really great resources here. Uh, not just learning about us and our services, but here's that resources tab I was talking about. Our blog has tons of articles. We're adding to it all the time. There's actually a new article added since I opened it up two minutes ago. So that's how <laughs> on top of this we are. <laughs> but here's the one I was talking about earlier, uh, Google's page experience update launching in May 2021. So you can hop in here and hit any of those resources I was talking about. We've got links to your core web vitals report, your page speed insights, SEO audit information. It's all here. If you like this show, we said something brilliant a couple of weeks ago, or like Mike just referenced us talking about something last week, you can also hit our live stream archives. We put all of our shows up here on the website dates, everything in the title here, and we're uploading the full transcript of every show as um, as we can get to those so that you can hop back into exactly what you wanted here. We also have our free toolkit here. It's free software for any and all online or businesses that want to get themselves online or to leverage their um, online presence a little bit more. Lots of free resources here. So 
check it out. All you have to do is put in a little bit of information about your business here. It'll sign you up and get you all going. And then exciting news here, also under our resources for a long time, we've had podcast here, which just says coming soon as of this week it will actually go to a podcast as we are live. I'm looking at it live on uh, Spotify right now. We are out there. We are, we are published. So yeah, check this out. We're on Spotify. So um, make sure to check that out. Um, again, we've got some really great resources here on our website. So if you haven't checked this out already, uh, go to wildmanweb.com um, and, and check out our website there. All right, that is my uh, my only updates here. So we're going to wrap up the show. Um, if you guys have any other questions, please send us an email. We'll get, we'll get to those next week on Ask Wildman next Wednesday at 11. Mike, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. I had fun, Miles. Let's do it again <laughs> next week. All right, until then, it's a day. have a good one. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will see you again next Wednesday at 11. Make sure to tune in. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>